you know, this is probably about the last time you're going to get away with saying this for about 12 months. 11 and a half. Okay? So, hey, this is one of those interesting times. This is New Year's Eve. It's on Sunday. Uh, that doesn't happen often, but it does happen occasionally. And, and so uh, we're kind of like between. The church year, in case you didn't realize it, the church year began on the first Sunday of Advent in December. That was the new year for the church. The Christians around the world, we started by counting down to Christmas. Because, well, that's way more important than the ball falling down and hardly closing down on Times Square. Right? Uh, and so, we're kind of we went back the, the beginning of our year, but it's also the beginning of the calendar year, and that's something we can't ignore. Um, since about the year 2006, there's been a group of people uh, who have some people call it an important thing. I'm not sure if it's important, but uh, it's, it's called, they hold a year New Year, uh, and they call it Good Riddance Day. The participants, whoever shows up, write down unpleasant, painful, or embarrassing memories from the past year, throw them into an industrial strength sweater, or if you would prefer, you can put it into something and snap that thing with a sledgehammer. Now, frankly, I'm more of a hands on kind of guy. Uh, I would use the sledgehammer, or whatever, if I was there. But apparently, uh, this is based on something that happens in Latin America. I just what I'm told. I don't know for sure, but apparently, uh, in some places in Latin America, they take uh, they dolls and they stuff things from the last year. Those are things about bad memories that from the past year, and they stuff them in the doll, and then they set the doll on fire. It's good riddance. Yeah. One of the organizers for good registration it really is this need we have, even when the world is crazy, to say, you know what? I'm going to let go of the things that have been dragging me down, and I'm going to look forward with a sense of hope and a possibility of change, either for myself personally or for the whole world. This is a chance for us to detox in a big way. Who describes the same feeling and the same desire in a slightly more humorous way? He, he said, The year 2017 was like licking the beaters on a mixer while it was still on. I'm making sure I'm plugged next year. There have been plenty of pain and loss, disappointment, and uh, sorrow in the last 12 months for many of us and for many of the people we know and love. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people talking about how they were looking forward to January 1st and starting all over. Uh, and we want next year, we all want next year to be better, to turn out better. But let's be honest, how are we going to deal with the hard knocks not only of this past year, but of the year 
system. We would like to think that next year's going to be better, but most of us have been around long enough to realize that even if it's better, it isn't going to be perfect. And it's not as we think as Paul wrote about how Jesus could help us deal with the, with the day of evil. That's the way he called it, the day of evil, of danger, of, uh, of destruction. He describes life as a battle zone. And I'm going to invite you to follow along in your Bibles, uh, either one, uh, from the book rack there, or uh, on your devices, or on the screen. Uh, but before we do, uh, there's an important word in the very first verse, and we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18, and in that very first verse, there's an important word, that word is power, and I want us to... Uh, before we dive into that, talk about the battles of life. I want to follow the word power through this letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians. He started in the very first chapter, in Ephesians chapter uh, 1, verse 18. He, most of Paul's letters start with a prayer. Uh, and in this one, he said, I pray also, he's been praying for another, he said, I pray also that your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, that God has called you, to, to which God has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Now, I just want you to, so I'm going to pause here because there, there's a whole sermon in, in the, that one little phrase. The phrase, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Now, to me, it's just clear. By saints, I don't mean you know, people with statues. Dead and gone. I'm talking about everybody that follows Jesus. We are his riches. So when you look around at people and you go, just remember, that's part of your inheritance. So he wants them to know the hope. He also wants them to know his incomparably great power for us. For who? For us who believe. And that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realm. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. It's the power he used to raise Jesus from the dead and enthrone him of every spiritual and physical creature. Him at God's right hand. He's above everything. Remember some of these words. You're going to see them again in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Some of these rule, authority, power, dominion, some of them don't like you. 
some of those are out to get you. You're about to find out. But where is Jesus? He's above it all. Far above it all. Ephesians chapter 3. Skip a couple chapters. Go down to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. Paul's still praying for them. Well, I'm going to start praying for them again. And he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, that God, our Heavenly Father, out of his glorious riches, may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being. With this power dwelling in us through the Holy Spirit. So, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you be rooted and established in love may have power together with all the things to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Uh, I love this. In Advent, the most of I was using this year, Actually, we're going through the Ephesians using the book of Ephesians, and it talks about this. And one of the things that got pointed out was if you've ever done water balloons, you know that occasionally, if you don't really aren't quick enough to turn off the pocket, it kind of just goes. He says, Look at that last line. To be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God, who is infinite. We would blow up. You would think people like me would blow up. If it weren't for the power of His Spirit, now we're asking. So we got this power that's in us. But it's not, that's not us. It's a power to grasp His love and experience His love. But to Him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, Okay? What does immeasurable mean? That's a big word. Beyond that, you can't measure it. It's infinite. He can do infinitely more than all we ask, pray about, or imagine, even dream about. He can do infinitely more than we ever pray for or dream of praying for. Look at this. According to his power, that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church, in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. So, let me summarize this really quick. Uh, what Paul says about the Spirit's power, because it, it, it's important for us this morning. His power works in us, through us, and for us. Yeah, but I said that. Let me do it again. The spirit, the spirit power works in us, through us, and for us. The spirit power raised Jesus from the dead and the frozen in heaven above all spiritual and physical creatures. His power can do immeasurably more than we ever pray for or dream about praying about. His power strengthens our spirit. 
so that we can begin to grasp Jesus' infinite love for us. So, He enables us to be filled with the Spirit's presence and love as well. So here we go. Now, we face this chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Uh, you probably can figure out why I wanted to stop on powers, make sure we understood what we were talking about. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. What power? His mighty power. The power that can do immeasurably more than we ever asked or dreamed. The power that raised Jesus from the dead and enthroned Him in heaven. The power that makes it possible for us to begin to grasp and understand a bit of the love that God has for us and the Holy Spirit living in us. That power is what we're to stand in. That's what we're to be strong in. Here comes the battle. Put on the full armor of, Christ, of God so that you can take your stand. Uh, this is, I'm going to require some uh, participation here. It's not hard. Just every time we say the word stand in the next few verses, just put a finger up. That's it. Okay. You can do it down low. I don't have to see it. If you do it down low, I may think you're not doing it. Call on God. I knew some leaders when I was growing up that would do that. And whether you were sitting or not, you better have your lips moving because otherwise they'd go, Oh, no, you're not singing. Come on, you do a solo for it. So, exactly what I want to say. That's exactly right. I would not have done that. Okay. So. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's king. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, that's other human beings, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. By the way, where is Jesus? He's thrown far above these guys. You know why he's enthroned far above these guys? Because he's thoroughly embarrassed them. Sometimes they have to edit. On a Friday afternoon outside Jerusalem 2,000 years ago or so, they put him on a cross and he died. They thought they won, but on a Sunday morning, he walked out of the tomb. I know he didn't do this. Well, he might have. But he might have done something like this. Some of you doubt it. I don't know. If you just went to a really, really tough battle and you win, the guy that was hired did a way to go. That's the best you got? Something like that happened. He won. Embarrassed them. They're into troublemaking and terrorizing us. They're not completely over, but they're done for. Because he's in charge. He goes on to say, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand 
your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm there with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet filled with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of the salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray on, in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So, I, I'm going to hide my hand. Uh, how many times do you face the table? Yes, four. Four times. So, what does Jesus want from you when everything in the world seems to be falling apart? Do you get? Stand. He doesn't say you've got to take more territory. He says, stand, 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 stand. In my power. So here's the sermon in a sentence. We've all been looking for this, but you know, this is, this is what we all come for. It's a short stuff, so you can go the rest of it. Holy Spirit filled people stand up, stand firm, and stand back up if they get knocked down. They stand up, they stand firm, they stand back up. Now, we all want this year to turn out better than 2017, and I think we can expect God to do better things in, in many different ways. But we often take on life with its battles with all of the strength that we can muster. Right? We wonder why we fall flat on our proverbial faces. I'm going to pause for a moment. I'm just going to tell you, there, there's something that people in churches often say that just ain't, okay, just isn't true. That little phrase goes something like this, God will never give you something you can't handle. Really? Then why do I need this mighty strength? And his power, if I can handle it, there are two things I want you to see about this that statement that aren't correct. One is God does not give God's credit. God doesn't give it to you. It comes from the other side. The people that, and the forces of evil that into and want to destroy you. That's where that comes from. And there will be times when it will be more than you can handle. Well, what are we supposed to do then? Oh, well, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Okay, so this is the power that can raise a guy from the dead and put him on the throne of heaven far above everything else. 
to his help, I corroborate his defense, right? That's what it's about. So Jesus offers to help us stand up, stand firm, stand back up, and when, even when we slip and fall, it's his strength. There will be things that are overwhelming for us. There will be things that we think are going to kill us, destroy us. But the Holy Spirit can fill us with God's mighty power, the power that raised Jesus from the dead and enthroned him above all other things, all other creatures in heaven. The Holy Spirit tells people to stand up, to stand firm, and to stand back up if they need to. So why was Jesus born and laid in a manger? Because he wants to share his life with you. Why did Jesus live, die, and then conquer the grave? Because he wants you to know him. He wants to live with you. Why did Jesus send the Holy Spirit to the world? Because he wants us to face life with his mighty power. Despite the things that might be overpowered and overwhelming to us individually and collectively, He wants to fill us with His Spirit so that we can stand up to those things and stand firm. He wants us to stand in the days of evil. So I want to encourage you today to join me in having our own good riddance day. But instead of trashing the painful losses and stuff that this past year was written on, that I think that's not a bad idea. I'm just you know, I understand that I think there's a better idea. I want us to dump the idea that we're in this alone. I want us to dump the idea that somehow, if I'm feeling like I'm facing something that's overwhelming, it's all on me to get it figured out. I want us to dump the lie that says, You are not facing life alone. You are not facing 2018 alone. We have each other, but beyond having each other, we have spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. It is wrote from above everything else. You want to get rid of the lie that you're facing life on your own? Where can you start? Well, I would suggest starting with a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, I open my whole life for you to work in me, through me, and for me. Holy Spirit, I open my whole life for you to work in me, through me, for the Holy Spirit's powerful work in your heart and your life. You can use this prayer. So make it your own word. Make it use your own word. So pray. Holy Spirit, I open my whole life for you to work in me, 
Spirit, I ask you to make this new year everything you want it to be.